Monday morning. Another Monday morning. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI Radio 94.5. My name is Priya. What a glorious time to be alive. Uh, right? You know? It's a wonderful time to be alive and to be sitting next to my co-host, Enoch. Yeah. But, Enoch, I have something to tell you. What? What's wrong? You Enoch, look stressed. I'm just feeling really stressed lately. What? What's happened? Enoch, I'm feeling like we're being pigeonholed as ranters these days. <laughs> Rant. <laughs> <laughs> No, Sometimes in life you get pigeonholed, and, and what do you do in response? Well, we're pushing back against that because we're pushing back back against that because we want our audiences to take us seriously as we're, film critics. We're film critics, not ranters. Yes, we definitely had the most listened to episode of all time, movies, movies, <laughs> movies, two weeks ago Ooh. when we reviewed Billie Eilish's music video and Troye Sivan's music video. Yeah, um, yeah, that's hot. As it should. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, it is hot. It is hot. And we've got some movie news for you guys coming up. Well, this is... It's not really... The Logies happened last night in Sydney at the Star Casino, if anyone felt that in the air, walking around the city. I did feel something strange, but I didn't realise it was the Logies. I thought it was just, you know, maybe like a Yeah, and all the celebrities were ready for glam. Couldn't name one Australian celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually at the Star Casino on Saturday night for my cousin's 21st birthday, and um, the Logies were happening. I was at the hotel in the lift yeah didn't recognize a single celebrity but i knew they were celebrities couldn't tell you their names <laughs> it's like us at the barbie premiere um looking around at all these influencers and they're all celebrities i have i had no the only influencer that moved me at the barbie premiere was uh the winner of love island how'd she move you <laughs> well we were both trying to take a we were both lined up to take a photo and it felt like me and her were Eye to eye. Twin flames. Twin flames. We were both in a line to take a photo. You know, know? just one. Really beautiful. Um, also, Enoch. Yeah. You're a Logie winner. Oh well, yeah. Like technically. Enoch won a Logie award last <laughs> no, night. I did no. not win a Logie. <laughs> no. Um, Bluey got beat out finally after five years by Crazy Fun Park, which you wrote on. So which you I wrote. Won I wrote an episode on it. Oh, so, so we got I'm... an actor award winner, a and... Logie winner. We're coming for a Smack Award next. <laughs> oh my god! Congrats! <laughs> I want my Smack Award. That's huge. Yeah, thank you. So, movie news, yep, shall we? Let's move on to movie news. That's gossip. Movie news. That's gossip. Best thing of all time. I've never heard that thing before. Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps and chills. Um, so the Venice Film Festival's just been announced despite the SAG strike that's happened, and on that list of films is, as The Guardian has announced, Star Studded. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's yeah, another... Can you explain Sarah Silverman's rant to me? So basically Sarah Silverman's like got on the Instagram stories, and she's really upset about, you know, her friend's who are also actors, because mm. actors love hanging out with other actors. They have nothing better to do. And she's... <laughs> <laughs> and she she's basically been like, you know, it's a strike, we're all out of work, but what's happened is now her friends have gone behind her back and are pitching new films and developing new films with... Because I think you can... 
Is uh, it if, under a certain budget? Under, you can. A, under a certain budget. So everyone's going an indie sort of. Okay, so so basically that everyone's still working in America. So indie cinema. So there's going to be more indie films. Lots of mumble calls. Can't wait. Can't wait. So is this like in opposition to the kind of pause between all of the indie film stuff with like the writer strikes or? Is yes, it, yeah. but so the strike sort of guidelines, like as as we said, it's for certain budgets, which means like celebrities right. who will mm. actually just work workaholics and sociopaths in disguise can still yeah stay stimulated. Mm. You know all about that. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's gotten on the Instagram story. She's ranted. She's basically I, called all her close friends scabs in this really self alienating way, which I, I kind of love. I actually love Sarah Silverman. I love her in School of Rock. Do you remember she's in School of Rock. She's in School of Rock. She plays the um, narc uh, Jack Black's girlfriend. Yeah. Also, me and Enoch are doing this new thing where, like, we when we don't we we name a character and then the actor and kind of pit them up like it's kind of like Oppenheimer and Florence Pugh because we don't know, we don't know the name of Florence Pugh's character. Well, so yeah. it's Oppenheimer and Florence Pugh. Because well, she plays herself in that movie. Exactly. <laughs> Two worlds meet one. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, what else is in news? Uh, we've also so Myth launches on Thursday. Did you like the lineup? Uh, I actually really I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you like the lineup? I hate Melbourne. Um, um, what else has happened in news? Um, Lena Dunham is actually directing a Polly Pocket. So Mattel is producing a Polly Pocket. I had a friend predict that Polly Pocket was going to be next. They oh, were like, well, get, get this medium in the room because I need to see a clairvoyant soon. Yes. I'm to see a clairvoyant. I actually saw one the other day. What yeah, we were say? waiting for like Bratz and My Scene or something to come up yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 Well, the Bratz movie is incredible. Have you seen the Bratz movie? Yes, 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 yes. But like there's always going to be a second or, and third yeah. and or fourth and fifth. Yeah, so the Polly Pocket movie stars is going to star Lily Collins. Oh, um, wow. And Lily Collins did a post about it. Actually, it, and it's, there was some, something along the lines of like, can't wait to come to this pastel world. Well, and it's like, well, I just think like, I just think it's too similar to Barbie, Greta Gerwig, Lena Dunham, yeah. like both these mumblecore New York City but it girls. You sent me a video recently and it was an interview of Lena Dunham and Andy Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and what did she say on that? So she was basically saying how she... <laughs> Let me find. Let's, Are you let's a go panic to a track. Priya's <laughs> literally having a panic attack on it. Let's go to a track. <laughs> let's go to a track, and I'll play. I'll play the audio for you guys. We are joined in the studio by the beautiful Priyok and Priyok. What oh, am I saying? Actually, that kind that's of what, works. That's what we're that kind of works. All right, I don't regret anything. Yeah, but <laughs> we're going to be uh, looking at take two right now. Take two. Reviewing Barbenheimer, starting off with Barbie. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world Cold shower Ooh. falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> what do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. So, Barbie time. Have you ever had a good original watermelon crush from Bruce Juice? <laughs> have you ever felt like a gay man at a wedding? 
Have you made eye contact with a waiter through a display fridge and fell in love? Have you ever been ten beers deep on the cackles and accidentally said something so earnest it's cleared the room? Well, if you answered yes to these questions, Barbie is for you. This is the kind of movie you want to watch on a screen that's on the back of a driver's seat in a in a Holden Captiva. This film has everything from car chases, only children, the line "You're so beautiful," fascism, doll torture, and Nicki Minaj. Francis Haas, get it, Greta Gerwig, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I was like, is that like four names? Did you just call Greta Gerwig Francis Haas? <laughs> Go on. Has fought tooth and nail with every line of writing seen in this film and adds to my theory when it comes to direction as an art, which, and as I always say, you know, I... Well, I al- you always say that. I always say this. Um, authors are dead. Directors are just glorified social workers now. There is just something completely witchy and tapped in about this film, which means if you did hate on it, which we witnessed last week on the show, that calm is going to take all your friends to the summit and be rounded up against the wall and shot on sight. I watched it twice, once with Jessica Rome pre-Lee and the Love Island winner, and the second time with my mum. But what? But when watching it, it when but it wasn't until I watched Oppenheimer that it all clicked for me. Um, that these two films aren't diametrically the opposite. They're actually twin pieces, in, and if anything, twin flames. Mm. Um, they're twin pieces about death and dying, what it means to have a bad boyfriend, being an Irish person who yearns to be Jewish, and the internal little bombs we have ticking in all of us. What Greta Gerwig has managed to do is, because I'm about to give her her flowers, is revealed the reflex misogyny, the underdeveloped craft, misplaced confidence we are seeing when it comes to field criticism around the world, and especially here in this country. And to that, I say great job. There has not been one critique where I've thought, wow, this sounds like someone who has an open heart and open mind. Perfect movie. Five stars. Congratulations, Gerwig. Let's get that bread. Let's get that bread, Gerwig. It just made me so happy... It was just, the thing is, it's like, because there is so much Barbenheimer news and it's just, there's memes about it. Obviously, you know, you can't even go and get a burger without it being pink these days. It's true. (laughs) I should have reviewed the grilled burger. But at the end of the day, like, Barbie was a really sweet movie. And also, I feel like it's also a film that uh, is kind of, like, it can be watched in China. It's, like, easily translated. And I feel like it's really universal and it's important to have a universal film, and people went to the cinemas and watched both those movies. And I think it's really important for us to express yeah. that we're really, really excited because cinema is back. Well, also, like, the big thing is that we see, mu- like, more war conflict when the Kens go to war in Barbie Land than we do see in Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. In Oppenheimer, we sort of, like, we hide the war. Yeah. You know, it's actually a war of the minds. Well, do you want to say your favourite quote from the Barbie movie about the mothers? Well, as mothers, we stand still so our daughters can look back and uh, see how far we've come. See how far we've come. Which... What do you think which that the... means, <laughs> Oh, well, I can only come from a poetic point of view. So, I guess it's just something about retrospect and sacrifice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I looked at my mum when that quote... Because I... <laughs> first time I watched it with prayer, I got goosebumps. Well, what Bruce didn't mention last week was that actually the three of us watched it together and me and Enoch were laughing, crying, holding hands. Maybe. We just kept glancing at each other throughout the movie. 
Bruce rolling his eyes, like we were cackling teenagers in the cinema watching High School Musical 2 or something. We're having a bit of fun and we've had a couple glasses of rosé. A couple glasses. We had like 50. <laughs> no, but I looked at my mum when that quote was yeah. read. Nothing. Not, she didn't flinch. She did not didn't flinch. Move her. Did not move her. Well, maybe that's the whole point. Wasn't the quote that the mums aren't moving? What? <laughs> oh my god! Sorry to get <laughs> dead. The genius over here. No, actually, wrapped it up. That's that's true. Well, also like because my, I, I don't think my mum really pushes against like a maternal sacrifice, like that idea that she sacrificed her life. She pushes her. up against that. Yeah, she's like that's. I hate any story that talks about a woman's sacrifice. My mum loves to express how much she sacrificed. What, what do you think that's well, about? Well, because, you know, I, my mum's Chinese. I'm half right. Chinese. I know, you, you know, the listeners can't see me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm actually Asian. I'm, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, no, thanks for sharing. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I just think it's a great film. Like, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean when it's just, like, a really good movie? And, look, I'm actually really glad that this show is happening so we can... We've been talking about Barbie, I think, every week. We've been talking about Barbie for, like... Enoch and I are also constantly on the phone talking about Barbie. So we're kind of here now. We don't really know what to say. Without sounding like a TikTok? Do you know what I mean? Where it's just, like... Every read, I'm just like, I swear, have I just accidentally stolen that from TikTok? Mm. No, I think that's just the nature of human thought and existence. It's just mimetic, so don't even stress. And it's just, it's made everyone feel like a film critic. That's what's really... That's what we want. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Well, I I feel like Michael's son. (laughs) Yeah. As a slower. (laughs) I'm I'm good friends with Michael, I can say that. Shall we Oppenheimer? (laughs) Yeah, let's Oppenheimer it. We're in a race against the Nazis. I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. A secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. That was the trailer for Oppenheimer, which is in cinemas, in case you didn't know. Um, (laughs) um, So I walked into Oppenheimer Googling, who is Oppenheimer? And also Googled, what is a bomb? And then about an hour into the movie, went to the bathroom, (laughs) Googled, what is a bomb? Who is Oppenheimer? Watched the movie, loved the movie, was so moved, and walked out and then Googled, who is Oppenheimer? (laughs) I feel like the, those are the questions on everyone's lips these days. Who is Opie? Who is Opie? Who is Opie? <laughs> you know, who's Opie? Well, he's, like, as I said in my <laughs> he's a bad boyfriend. Opie's a bad boyfriend. He's Cillian, he's Killian Murphy. And Killian Murphy's strangely beautiful in this. He's constantly giving Bella Hadid with the lack of buccal fat. He's got the face of Angelina Jolie and the pain of every Irish peasant who died during the potato famine in his deep, beautiful blue eyes. Um, I just found the film to be deeply immersive. <laughs> Don't laugh. I found this film to be deeply immersive and heart-pounding. What more do you want? Bruce doesn't understand what it's like to be a doll having an existential crisis. No way. <laughs> I'm just reading the notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, not a man who is evil, not a serial killer, just a genius who unfortunately for him created the deadliest, deadliest thing ever made. Just like last week's episode. Oh my <laughs> Um, I love Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. He was in it. Roderick from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. 
Which one was he? Uh, just one of the extras. Well, it's Josh Peck is the one who presses the button, which I'm like, role of a lifetime, to be honest. Role of a lifetime. Benny Safdie, when he puts Mercury on. Mm, his face. On his face. Michael Angarano from Sky High. Which, oh my god, Sky High. I was yep. literally considering watching that the other day. It's such a good it. movie. I might do that Shapeshifting tonight. Hamster. Well, yeah, yep. is he the shapeshifting hamster? Yeah, and do you know who, do you know who, you know Malika, Ma, uh, Malika from Keeping Up With Kardashians? Yeah. She's in it. What? Yes. Playing what? Playing one of the characters. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> like in what scene? Couldn't tell you her name, couldn't tell you anything, but she's in it and I know that as a fact. Whoa. Because on this show, we share facts. <laughs> And the fact that bums were in seats <laughs> and filling theatres, um, and what Francis Ford Coppola said, which was like, they're, they're, it's so good that people are actually watching movies that aren't sequels or prequels and don't have a number in it. Like, N- not a dry seat in the audience. Yeah. Yeah, wow. What, do you th- what did you take away from Oppenheimer? Um, I, felt, I feel like it was a movie about guilt, and I love movies about guilt. Why is that? I don't know. It really resonates with me. It's the same as um when we watched that when we reviewed that Ari Aster movie. Yeah, right. Bo is afraid. Bo is afraid. Yeah. I um, yeah. I like a theme of betrayal, mm. or like a pathological liar. I also love that like he had this the relationship with Florence Pugh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and how like it's like this kind of like I love secret affairs in movies. Yeah, they like. She had like she was in like two scenes. Have you watched Oppenheimer? I actually have my Barbie and Oppenheimer scheduled for next week, so I'm gonna finally be able to. Okay, then we can talk about it. We can talk about it again, over and over. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like add in. I just want to apologize. I feel like that was a really like horrible review. But the thing is, it's like it's just like the movie was just so good. What more do you want me to say? Like when the bomb hit and everything was silent, I was scared to breathe. Well, you know, it, well, it's it's got the pacing of like scrolling TikTok, so yeah. it, it's sort of like you don't know where you are. Yeah, and then um, then all of a sudden you're in Middle America. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so, I feel like it's it's we've got the brains to kind of like run with it, and it's actually quite genius of Christopher Nolan to put a movie in two point speed. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and also is did he just to clarify? Did he spoiler warning? He poisoned his teacher. Who? O- Opie. I actually walked in 10 minutes late, so I didn't see that <laughs> I think that sounds like something he would do. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that scene, but I'm going to watch it tonight, so... Spotlight. Spotlight. So today on MMM, our resident film buff, spelt buff like muscles, B-U-F-F, Gus McGrath... <laughs> <laughs> Gus McGrath interviewed Simon Morado, a Bolu Perth-based writer, <laughs> who's just written Book of the Band, Devilish Movies, Disastrously Senses, and The Scenes That Made Australia Sweat, which comes out August 1st. Well, I can't wait to read all of those. The book not only details the really ridiculous history of film censorship in Australia, but is actually a startling look at where we are at now and our censorship is getting worse. In Gus's words, Simon is so knowledgeable but also very sweet and chatty, which makes for both a really rich conversation and a very readable book. My take? This book rocks. For context, Movies, Movies, Movies has a long-distance relationship with Australian censorship. 
Jen and Andre interviewed filmmaker Sari Braithwaite in 2018 about her film Censored. Okay, and I say film... a bit of self-promotion there, but keep going. Yeah, well, <laughs> our mother's constantly forcing us to promote them. Standing an es- still. An essay film that is also an overview of film censors- censorship in Australia told through an ever-changing collage of images compiled from the footage that was cut from films released domestically between 1958 and 1971. Along with our chats with Soda Jerk, Australia's best-known video pirates, we're trying to unravel the rich media tapestry that is this wannabe British filmscape. But we'll let Simon Morado do the talking. So, going into the book, what I had thought it was, just a history of the, like, can you believe Night of the Hunter was banned? It starts off, I think, a quite kind of fun, honest look at what's happened, but this shift halfway through, I would say, where you, you really kind of start talking about the present state we're in and it becomes so much more complicated. I mean, I remember being quite shocked at moments in the book where you're talking about these kind of real videos of shooting massacres that go around and have to be classified, which is this kind of strange, horrific moment where, of course, as, you know, left-wing, extreme underground film enjoyers were impulsively kind of going like, the senses, but there is really important work that's done. And I think you terse out that area quite interestingly. I really appreciate what you're saying. And certainly, look, I, I knew that the hook of it was what appealed me to the subject initially. It's like, oh my God, like what? We banned Breathless. We banned The Night of the Hunter. But then also like, oh, that's so silly that they thought cannibal holocaust was real or you know all the hoops that Salo and the texas chainsaw massacre had to jump through um and so yeah i definitely want to make the book this sort of wry look at uh, how afraid australia has been but as as i mentioned before you know there's censorship all over the world and there have been films that have been banned for a variety of reasons but i wanted to look at how australia's approached it and by going down that rabbit hole you do discover well, our classification board, you know, they've made some, you know, some serious, they've taken some serious own goals over the decades, right? Absolutely. They've made horrendous mistakes. They were banning films for being too pacifistic during World War II. You know, All Quiet on the Western Front was banned because it's an anti-war film released during World War II. Um, and then it went on to win Best Picture. But when you get to today and when I spoke to, you know, I speak to a number of people, but I spoke to a former director of the board and she was very upfront and saying like, look, I was having to watch footage of people being stoned to death and watching, you know, terrorist recruitment videos. And even today, things that are being shared on TikTok or WhatsApp that ultimately have to be classified for them to be illegal in Australia. That's so interesting that we have this model for for good or bad. So yeah, it it I tried to make it as simple a story as possible, as difficult as that was. And I hope that people realize that at the end of it, yeah, censorship of movies because of some concept of what is acceptable by far right religious groups, you know, not to paint them all by the same cloth, but hope that people understand, yeah, that's bad. We we don't want to be defined in that way. But unfettered access to literally anything and everything in the modern age is actually a very scary concept. And especially the fact that that moderation is now being taken out of the hands of the government, which, hey, cool, but it's now belonging to big tech that is largely run 
outside of Australia, which is this other horrifying <laughs> concept that now it's Elon Musk and now it's Netflix who get to say what we see and don't see. I really enjoyed seeing In a Glass Cage coming up a lot because, again, that's one of the most upsetting, like, difficult movies I've ever seen, but I do think it is really, really good, like, really stunning. And it was so startling to me that the Mardi Gras Film Festival tried to program it and then fought for it, which I can't imagine such a subversive piece of cinema being programmed in that context. Many of these kind of bigger, more mainstream festivals are less about taking risks, showing something that can be really confronting, kind of trying to toe a safe line. Well, that's why I wanted to, that's a really good point. It's partly why I wanted to write the book as well, because I was a film journalist and I was, I was just noticing under the, you know, under the veneer of what was actually uh, being put out there, I was saying, well, that's been censored or that film, that's not getting a release in Australia. Why is that? And it was so interesting talking to a lot of the people that I did, Philip Adams, David Stratton, Margaret Pomeranz, um, you know, you would talk to them about the, the instances and examples where they fought up against the censorship um, board and more often than not, and not all of those people, but you would hear the same refrain of, well, of course, then the 70s happened and things changed, or it's not been so bad in the last two decades. And, and I think the difference, right, is there's been less enthusiasm to try and push the boundaries. And because of this chilling effect and because of all the examples, like literally the 100 years of stories in the book, people are less likely now, distributors and film festivals, to program something that will cause a fuss. And that's kind of, that is censorship. So whether or not it's making the news or whether or not Mardi Gras or Melbourne Underground, which I believe is back in a new form, or whether it's Myth or Sydney Film Festival, whether or not they're programming challenging things and having complaints made against them, you know, it's not happening anymore, but not because we're suddenly more permissive. They just know what is going to rile the censors or, you know, those those wowser groups up. So I, I just wanted to reiterate, like, no, we, we didn't solve it in the 70s when the R rating was introduced. And it's not that the last 10 years it's all been sunshine and lollipops. There actually is plenty of cinema that isn't being shared. Um, we just don't know it. And Trazel Cristal, oh, sorry, um, uh, In the Glass Cage is a great example. Sorry, I'm not trying to be arrogant and give it the... Uh, no, no, it's great. <laughs> it's just how I remember it from writing. But um, when that film was assessed by the censors or reassessed in the 80s, uh, in the 90s, they actually made the point and said, this is a good film. This is, this is a good film. This is the censors or the classifiers saying this. It's a good film. It is clearly a film, you know, uses cinematic techniques really well. Um, but because of that, it's too impactful. And that is why we are refusing classification. And that to me is so interesting that a film can be banned, not because it um, is actually dangerous or it's pushing uh, a, a taboo that's too significant. It's that it's demonstrably a movie that is too successful in telling a story about harrowing themes. Damn. Now that's an interview. You're listening to FBI Radio 94.5. That was Gus interviewing Simon Morado about his upcoming release, Book of the Band, Exploring Film Censorship in Australia. Priya and Enoch, how do you feel about uh, film censorship in Australia? I, I love it. More of it, please. No, Gus, um, <laughs> Gus sounded so smart. 
Yeah. I feel so dumb <laughs> listening to that interview. That was so good. Yeah. Um, apparently, we've got some texts that have come in. Oh, yeah. We we have gotten some, you know, very spicy texts oh. on the text spicy. line. Um, Portia from Broom here. I'm really invested what gay guys and their best friends in the aura have to say about everything culture. And I'm a bit late to it, but I've been feeling a bit let down by the tales coming in from your gorgeous city, specifically Michael's <gasps> son and Bruce Kusaba's take on Barbie. Do the gays in your city hate women? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the gays in our city hate women. If you hated Barbie, you hate hey. women. That's that's why we're here to set the record straight this week. Putting our foot down. Actually, putting, putting our, our heel down. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And also, as the only woman on yeah. this, on this podcast, well, obviously with Deb here and, you know, as the only woman part of MMM, I would like to pledge allegiance and mm-hmm. say that I'm going to start taking this show a lot more seriously because the critics around here, they're riff-raffing, they're saying Barbie's flat-footed, they're announcing that they hate women on air. They're mumbling and cackling. They're mumbling and cackling. Yeah. And we need to step up, Enoch. It's up to you and I. No, I love these promises. So let's, let's take... And I'm holding you accountable. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you. Um... We did have a text in from Lucy from Nam as well saying, don't you dare say Sarah Silverman played... Mr. Schneebly's girlfriend. She played Mike White's girlfriend. Correct this atrocity, please. Oh, grow up, Lucy. <laughs> Lucy. It she's always, she's it, always texting she's in. She's always texting in. We don't know who you are. Please DM me. Um, I think it's safe to say that we both agree that School of Rock invented both cinema and music at the same time, simultaneously. Okay. I just really wanted to say that. Yeah. You sounded really serious. <laughs> it was a serious statement, and there are serious repercussions of unity and, you know, like knowledge, which are consequential from that statement. And reflex misogyny will be... Because we have a theory that casual racism... Is back. And and reflex misogyny is back in this really... I don't think it never left, you know. Well, like, I think it's back in this really intense sense. Yeah. We're we're at pubs sitting in circles and people are making blatant racist racist comments these days. It's like the internet People throwing around the hard R. Yeah. You know? No more. I think it's time. We put our foot down. Flat-footed. Yeah. Style. we got to take a bit of some, some scissors into the discourse and just cut through it. Well, just bring back cancel culture. Yeah. Let's we're, get it. A- <laughs> well, we've got, we've got the platform for it, you know, <laughs> to bring back cancel culture. I mean, we're Live getting- radio right now. Yeah, exactly. It's done. You've been listening to Movies, Movies, Movies here on FBI Radio 94.5. We can tune in next time. You can tune in. We're all going to tune in next week. Same time, same place here on Monday mornings on FBI Radio 94.5. Thanks so much, Priya and Eno, for joining me. I look forward to our next chat. So do we. This right here is Black Box Life Recorder 21F by Aphex Twin. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.